Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. And I am Tom. We are Team Binge. And we are back to talk about episode eight, Alloyed. <laughs> Nailed it. The Rings of Power, episode eight, Alloyed. I'll get it. Keep all this in. <laughs> this is the finale of a show that we have watched all eight episodes of. If you're joining us, I'm sure you watched all eight too. And I think some of the strongest bonds that hold people are together is when you go through trials and tribulations together. <laughs> like like um, a diamond created by pressure. Mm. I think you and I and everyone else that watched this show that can be honest with themselves, um, <laughs> we've really formed a, a brotherhood, a sisterhood, a, a, a bond together. So we appreciate all of you that have stuck with us. Um, we did enjoy the show. We're happy that we're talking about it. But Tom and I being avid entertainer, um, <laughs> not entertainers, avid watchers of entertainment, we, we've got questions. We've got questions, we've got comments. So, for the next four hours, that's what we're going to do. Tom, mm -hmm. you have the floor. Give I'd it like to, to us. Start, I'd like to start this uh, finale podcast by doing finger guns and going pew, 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 pew. Because I called Sauron and I called Gandalf. Thank you very much, Internet. All the points to me. Oh, I can't believe you're taking credit for that. I really... <laughs> I, I knew I was in trouble when I started this episode, and in 30 seconds, they were like, you are Lord Sauron. I was like, all right, show. I literally said BS to my TV. <laughs> I was like, show, I think you're doing that thing. And then I was like, I'm going to give you about 40 minutes. And then they did it again at like minute 40. They're mm -hmm. like, you are Lord Sauron to the stranger. <laughs> and I was like, all right, now I'm pretty sure I'm being lied to. I'm almost mm -hmm. positive I'm being lied to. But I think, like, overall, I mean, I had fun with this series. Like, I liked diving into the Lord of the Rings lore and the world that Tolkien's built, um, not knowing anything from, like, the Silmarillion. Um, it was fun to kind of get some more of that and kind of see these characters before they became who we know and love from the Lord of the Ring movie franchise. But yeah, I feel this final episode in particular was fun. There was fun action. There was fun journeying. We got some answers to some questions that they were kind of long posing throughout. But like I mentioned, I think at the end of the last pod to get all that stuff in, they had to rush so much about creating these rings and pushing this stuff. Like this is episode eight of a show called the rings of power and they keep teasing the different idea of jewelry, then we know it's going to eventually be rings. Um, I feel like it could have paid off a lot better had they laid the groundwork for some of this stuff a little bit sooner, as opposed to throwing everything at the at the wall here in, in the last episode. But I still had overall fun with it. The writing is still flimsy on the on the edges and stuff, but it's it's a fun show. I'm with you. I enjoyed it as well even if just for the sake of it forced us to once a week sit down and talk to each other, <laughs> which is wonderful. I hope that never goes away. Even if the show is absolutely terrible, I will still talk about it with you. Maybe that's what we should do. A next show we should choose is just something we know is garbage. That's like the worst reviewed thing on Rotten Tomatoes. 
<laughs> Sounds good to me. Uh, we'll take ideas at, t- at Team Binge, Team Binge Podcast at gmail.com. Um, here's what I was going to say. You, you're talking about like how much they like rush things and stuff. What I would argue is they did that, but they also, at the end of the season, the, the question is like, what changed? Like, mm-hmm. what did we accomplish? What, like, where are we at now that we weren't at kind of in the beginning? Like, I, I don't, and we'll go through it and we'll get to the end. Like, my real question is just like the Sauron deception. He's now like walking, which for those of you that don't know, Tom had a great tweet about walking <laughs> into uh, Mordor. You know, one does not simply walk into Mordor, but then Halbrand is like just walking into Mordor. <laughs> the classic Boromir meme, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my question is like all this deception, like I don't know what he accomplished and we can talk about it once again at the end, but... I feel like acted really well, looked great, looked beautiful, like all that stuff you could you could taste and see the money that was spent on the show. <laughs> and I don't want to take anything from the acting, but just from to your point, from a show writing stance and storytelling, I yeah, it it, it didn't it didn't it was no outer range, you know? It was no outer range. <laughs> no. That show really paid off. Speaking of Outer Range, on our Apple podcast reviews, someone uh, wrote a very long... uh, It was not a review about us. It was more a commentary on Outer Range, and it's a fabulous piece of writing. Uh, Everyone should go read it. Anyways, all right, let's dive into this episode. Let's form these rings of power and then walk off into Mordor. (laughs) But we don't start in Mordor, Tom. We start in the Greenwood, mm-hmm. where we open with the stranger, and he's really, I mean, they really want us to know this apple that Nori gave him means a lot to him. It means yeah. almost the world to him. <laughs> it's wrapped up in his little uh, constellation map. When he drops this apple, this apple rolls, so far, off very rough terrain. Uh, like, when I was watching this, I, I almost felt like the shapeshifter lady made this apple, too, because this can't be the same apple. Sure. It's bananas. Yeah, I think my biggest issue with this show is just the laws of physics and how they don't apply to fruit. I think you (laughs) see that throughout the show. Um, As I mentioned, very quickly, they tell the stranger that he's Lord Sauron, and I turned off my TV. And I was like, cool, Uh, mission accomplished. I hung the banner. I stood on the flight deck in my flight jacket and gave a thumbs up. These trio of weirdos, which I refuse to learn their names or who they are. I don't care about them. Um, they decide that they're there to serve him, and they're going to remind him who he is. Now, we and... do get like one of them being a shapeshifter and kind of coming to the stranger as Nori. I don't know why you needed to come to him as Nori outside of just showing us that she has the capability to shapeshift. But does that like lay the groundwork for Sauron to shapeshift in like n- new seasons? Because isn't that the thing of like his backstory in the first and second age that he would actually transform his body and get close to the elves, get close to men, get close to whatever to be able to do his bidding? I mean, they can't replace this actor, right? Because this actor did a great job, and I do want to see him as like pure evil in Sauron. But I'm wondering if he might get some sort of like iteration shapeshift. Yeah, I. That is part of Sauron's power, from what I understand. 
I think this show was like, hey, we created these three trio of weirdos. Let's make them do <laughs> magic-y stuff because Tolkien didn't do a good enough job. So let's add to it. Um, <laughs> it's like when it's like when people show up and they add stuff, you know, to the good book. You know, it's already pretty well written. Do we need to add more? I don't know. Hmm. Anyways, that's a different subject altogether. Um, Galadriel and Halbrand ride to the Elf City. Elf Town. No. Elf Town was that long-running sitcom with Courtney Cox where Abed showed up in the background and they drank wine. Mm, that that's was where you're Elf wrong. Town. It was actually a popular Numenorean uh, boy band. Elf Town. <laughs> Elf Town. <laughs> their hit song, Liquid. Liquid an, fever dreams? I is don't know. that an O-Town reference? Is that what <laughs> that dang, is? You're dang right it is. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sad I know that. <laughs> Celebrimbor is in his shop trying to use Mithril to save the elves, and he's like, how do I do more with less? And, buddy, I've been trying to answer that question most of my, <laughs> most of my life. Uh, when you're handed less, you got to just figure out what to do with it. Halbrand was on his deathbed. This is, I did not understand this. Halbrand was on his deathbed, right? Kind of. He was, he was like little stabbed. He's in bed. He's got several stabs. She comes in and she goes, oh, this needs elf medicine. But he was just stabbed with like a normal orc spear, right? We didn't have any mythical creatures in that battle like Mm. we've seen in past Lord of the Rings. So they're like, okay. And here's what I don't understand. You could argue, oh, this was Halbrand trying to trick but he doesn't say anything. He's not like, oh, my tummy hurts, and oh, I think I need elf medicine. <laughs> like, that to me would be like, okay, he's trying to get to the place. But Halbrand at no point is, like, manipulating anyone to get somewhere. He's always like, no, I don't want to go. Like, I, I'll i stay in Numenor. Okay, fine, I'll go. No, 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 I don't want to go there. I've been stabbed. Okay, <laughs> I'll go. Like, he's he's, like... The the whole Sauron deception is like Galadriel essentially drags him like everywhere, and then she's like, "Oh, I'm surprised you're Sauron." But am I wrong on this? No, I don't. I don't know if I do agree with that because I think what Halbrand is doing, and I'm sure if we went back and watched the whole season again, you'd be able to pick up on it. And they do give us a couple like cut flashbacks of him kind of saying certain things and and kind of retelling the audience about that. But I do feel like he was. Like, he knows how to read people, clearly been around this Middle Earth for a very long time, and just kept, like, pushing Galadriel into having, you know, arguments or fights with, you know, common enemies or how to, um, I think he had that conversation with her in, like, the cell about how to, like, manipulate Queen Muriel, now you know what she wants, kind of a thing. Um, I I agree maybe with, like, the stab thing, like, it being worse, like just worse to a point where he needs elfish medicine versus getting human medicine. Like that's kind of a bit fast and loose, but I do think that if you go back and rewatch, there's, there's enough of this deception that he's kind of running that I think is a decent enough payoff. Okay. I think we are going to have to separate here because I disagree (laughs) with you. I've watched all these episodes at least one and a half times and (laughs) at one and a half speed. And it feels like Galadriel uh, is just dragging him from place to place. And he's like, listen, I just want to retire here in Numenor. I want to be a blacksmith. I want to make cool swords. Like, just let me be. And she's like, no, you've got to go to the Southlands. He's like, all right, but I'm Sauron. And she's like, I'm sorry, what? 
And he's like, I told you, I'm Sauron. And she's like, no, 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 you don't know. We love each other. And then she drags him to the Southlands where, surprise, he's Sauron. Anyways, he walked out of that tent um, and they ride for six days. For a guy that needs elvish medicine, riding for six <laughs> days seems like a bad like choice. Why not like leave him there and then maybe, I don't know, send a carrier pigeon However you got news that this tower was under attack by orcs from Numenor, send that same level of communication to the elves <laughs> so that you can get some help. Um, this is more that fast and loose with like the timing. Like they have to say six days because if you look on a map, like that's where this place is versus where they need to go. Uh, but yeah, it is a bit comical. And then he even arrives at the very end, kind of like slumped over the horse, like he's passed out yet still able to ride onto it. Uh, it's, it's aggressive. Yeah, Tom. If the, if she would have said we've been riding for thirty minutes, I would have been. Like, I would not have questioned for one second. At no point when I watched this show did I have my map scroll out with my protractor <laughs> and and the mileage uh, little meter thing, trying to figure out how far anything was from anything. Um, I, anyways, okay, I'm good. <laughs> There's I'm, a big swath of this audience that 100 percent is doing that. Yeah, that's fine. They're they're going to be. I've got news for them. They're going to be upset no matter how far uh, these people ride. <laughs> I'm trying not to be one of those people. Anyways, Elrond and Galadriel reunite. Hey, did you know this, Tom? In the lore, this is a funny little a little little tidbit, and maybe you do know this, and you're going to talk about it later. But um, did you know that in Tolkien lore, Elrond marries Galadriel's daughter? Is that true? That is true. Does Galadriel have a daughter later, I'm assuming? Nope. Galadriel has a daughter with whatever husband is dead, the and Celeborn. Elrond marries said daughter. That's in the lore. Hmm. I'll be dang. Yeah. We never get any sort of Elrond. We obviously get, um, uh, why am I blanking on her name? Arwen? Arwen, yeah. Or Arwen, sorry. We get her as the daughter, but like the mom is not in the picture at all, right? In the Lord of the Rings movies? No. No. We no, don't okay. see Elrond's wife. No. Okay. We just see Arwen. All right. Interesting. Yeah. So. Thank you for that. Thank you for that more knowledge. You're welcome. Once again, I've got two th- issues with these. The, the how fruit rolls, um, <laughs> or as I like to say, how fruit roll ups. And then the other bit is uh, how they get the relationships wrong between Elrond and Galadriel's daughter. Anyways, the healers are working on Halbrand. Elrond and Galadriel discuss her banishment. And I think they forgive each other. I don't know. I was, I don't know. I, I, I don't <laughs> she does know. this long thing about like, you know, jumping off the ship and why she did it. Cause she felt like in her heart, like it wasn't her time and that she still had more to do. Um, and I think at the very end of this, Elrod like asks her the question, like, what are we to do? And she just like replies swim as like to kind of like do like a, to end that scene and then kind of tie in the story that she just told. But I couldn't help but like laugh out loud. I just kept thinking of Dory just saying, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. <laughs> I love there, Nemo. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. There are some lines that are delivered in this show that I feel like they're like, oh, these are profound. And as an audience, you're just like, what? He's like, oh, in this hopeless situation, what are we to do? And she's like, the only thing we can swim and i was like uh, oof, i don't know if that's the i don't 
know if that's the answer to everything. You can't always swim away from your problem. Yeah, you swam and you ran into Sauron. Yeah, and you brought him back, you know, <laughs> and you brought him back. Uh, Halbrand is instantly up and at him. He's like, ah, I'm cool. And I guess maybe this is all supposed to point that he is some, like, all-powerful uh, being, but no one, like... Celebrimbor, not at all. He's like, oh, oh, you're interested in smithing? Sure, let me show you my shop. And Halbrand instantly starts touching all of his stuff. And I gotta be honest, I'm not an only child, but I really bothered when he just started picking up all of Celebrimbor's stuff. I'm like, don't touch his... You don't walk into someone's workspace and then just start picking up all their stuff. I think he does that when he picks up the mithril. Like, Celebrimbor literally tells him, hey, don't touch that. And he just cocks right through him telling him not to touch anything he's like I this like... and then he put it into his mouth and <laughs> swallowed it i do like the conversation though that um halbrand kind of has where he says like the master i apprenticed with used to speak of the wonders of your craft so i'm assuming that's supposed to mention morgoth or is there another sort of evil apprentice blacksmith guy that he worked with i thought that was just kind of neat to be able to say that uh, you know mention his mentor I think it probably was Morgoth, and if Sarah Brimbor had been like, "Oh, who is your? Who are you referring to?" I can almost guarantee Halbrand would be like, "Oh, Morgoth." Like <laughs> I, I've I've told everyone every like I'm like I'm, I'm not book. I'm not the king of the Southlands. Like I've I've told you guys this. I didn't want to be here. I'm Sauron. Like I feel like if anyone had just pointedly asked him, he would have been like. Yes, I've had many names since the ending of the Great Silence, or whatever he says. Anyways, no, if you no look at his knuckles, questions. if you look at his knuckles when he holds it up, it says "I am Sauron." I am Sauron. Yeah, <laughs> I just okay. Uh, he's like, oh, here's um, poof. is Celebrimbor good at his job? Because Celebrimbor seems to be baffled by this whole process. Like everything is a struggle for Celebrimbor. And and it's just like, Halibrand's like, hey, have you ever tried using an alloy to amplify the mithril since you don't have enough of it? What? Um, it, they didn't think to mix it with gold or silver. Like, gold or silver like seems like a pretty, like, pure metal. Like, they've there's obviously qualities where they don't tarnish, they don't break down. Like, uh, Caleb... Here's my hot take, Tom. Celebrimbor not good at his job. That's that's my hot take. It's it's a very 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 fair point. I think at the end of this, and again, I don't know much of the lore, but from my understanding of the lore, the way Sauron or whoever you know Halbrand in this situation, however he appears in the books, is like giving the elves a gift and helping them create this power which they don't really know what they're doing quite yet and to be honest i don't really know what they're doing i don't know what this power is supposed to do we were told that the mithril oh, is supposed man. to be rubbed at anybody's chest to make them feel better but i guess now three people can wear a ring and everybody's hunky-dory um <laughs> like vapor rub <laughs> it's just yeah. like Maybe the show's literally the like, oh we're gonna reduce uh mithril into some sort of weird um lotion that you just rub on you know like vapor rub and the audience is like ah vapor rub yeah and they're like also you get chicken noodle soup and sprite and you'll be all better <laughs> but he does halbrand ends the sequence by like oh just call it a gift and i think that is a a line kind of not a line specifically from the the, the books but it's kind of a call to that that idea of him gifting him this knowledge which to your lazy point, who's it's... supposed to be the biggest smith in all of the land maybe he's just good at like the ornate work of like making it look all pretty no idea uh, about the concepts that's what his uh, interns do 
If I was Kellen Brimbor, listen, if I was me and someone was like, oh, consider it a gift, my mind, I'd be like, you just made a suggestion. I don't know if that's really a gift. It's like when Dwight in the office is constantly trying to like get favors from people. And so he's like doing nice things. And he's like, oh, like, so would you say you owe me a favor now? Or like, no, don't. He's like, he's like, oh, don't pay me back. You'll just owe me a favor. Like, I think he gives everyone bagels. Anyways, I. Ugh, ugh. And this is not um, the first. Like, if they did this once, fine. But they do this like three or four times with Kellen Burnbor just being a moronic uh, blacksmith. That's well, that just... to your point, they're trying to stick with the lore of this being a gift. I, I think in the in the lore, Sauron takes the form of um, it's like Anatar, and then he helps them craft all of the rings, um, and then in secret he creates the one ring. So, like, I'll get to it at the end. But what happens here? doesn't really align or make sense with what the lore is. And so I don't know where they're going to go with it. Not mm-hmm. that I'm going to watch any of the other seasons, but <laughs> uh, I just... Anyways, all right. Let's go to Numenor. Everything... Let's cheer up. We're in Numenor. The king of Numenor is dying. <laughs> I'm all cheered up now. Um they're like, as one does whenever royalty's dying, they're like, hey, random interns, uh, come in here. You each get an hour to sketch this old man. Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know, an old man, and you're going to put a bunch of these, like, kind of these beautiful, like, architect interns around, and this seems a little bit weird, right? Draw me like one of your French girls, Jack. <laughs> uh, Arian, Arian who... Not Arian, don't say Arian. Is that not her name? No, Iadian. Arian something else. Okay, well, whatever. (laughs) Whatever her name is has been done dirty by this whole show. Because she's had, what, like three scenes? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, then the king starts hallucinating, as one does on their deathbed, but then is just super sprightly. So he goes and opens up the (laughs) trap door, and uh, there's a palantir in there. His name, I think, is King Palantir. Uh, like, uh, I didn't get that. Why? That just caused confusion. I, I, they I'm, never mention him by that name, but like, yeah, when you pause Amazon, you see it. That I mean, maybe they did once, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, because he he's mistaking her for Queen Muriel, right? So he's kind of saying all these things to Muriel that I mean, I don't know what he's trying to do outside of just getting this character Hyarian into this room to see the Palantir and what. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't care, or your answer is probably going to be, I don't know. But I'm going to ask, what does she see? Like, what do you think she could possibly see to set this up for next season? Because this is where we end her storyline and really the Kings. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I hope it's a wave <clears throat> uh, crushing Numenor and the set of the TV show. I, I hope. <laughs> I hope it is that meta that all those things get crushed. I don't know, Tom. Um, maybe it's, she probably sees King Palantir, uh, miraculously get better and he needs a wife and they get married and she's really <laughs> upset because she gets married off to this old King. I don't know. Yeah. The I way they know. set her up in previous episodes was like, she was, she doesn't want the elves to kind of come back into power or for them to create a relationship, but that's clearly what the King just told her. So I don't know if she sees some other kind of doom and gloom or, she sees the the flood of Numenor and 
takes that as a means that we can't let the elves in. Like, I, I, I don't know. And to your point, I don't know if I, I quite care to speculate. Yeah. Uh, she touched the marble bowling ball, and we will surely know in episode. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say season four. That's gonna pay off. <laughs> okay. Um, after they've spent after they've spent the uh, GDP of a small country on this show, <laughs> we go from there to Elf Town, written and produced by the same guy that wrote and produced Ted Lasso. <laughs> Gilgalad's there, and he's like, what are you guys trying to do? Because they've explained to him, you know, the mithril and all that stuff. And they're like, oh, we're going to turn it into something to use to heal all of us. And it's like, brainstorming session, no wrong answers. What are we going to make? And one of them's like, a scepter, a sword, a crown. A gong. Wait, I can't tell. Is he is he mocking me? <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, the the Keller Brimbor's look is like it needs to be a circle because the light needs to reflect on itself. I was like, what? Uh, I what are we doing? Like, okay, they should have just been like, oh, we need to make a hula hoop, and everyone needs to jump through it or hula hoop with it, and then they'll be healed. I didn't understand. Like, are we touching everyone with this? Because whoever suggested sword, that's a little messed up. You're like. <laughs> I think you're it's healed, and then you stab them, and then you're healed, and you stab them. Like that's one messed up revival. But uh, I don't know. I was to me, it's like a poetic thing, right? It's like what you hear at weddings and stuff. Like this ring is an ever loving symbol of your relationship and how it never ends and goes on and on and blah blah blah. I feel like they were trying to kind of poetically draw that line or conclusion. Man, you really. <laughs> you really dogged on some people's wedding vows, huh? Right there. Listen, that's fine. To each their own. Me and my wife wore triangle rings. <laughs> they were like, this candle, we're now going to be do the unity candle for Tom and his spouse. Oh, wait, everyone's about your spouse. Ashley, um, please, both of you, this symbol, light both of your candles with it to show your... And then you just blew out all the candles. And you were like, I, we've got no time for this, man. Come on, let's let's move on. And the justices of the of the peace was like, okay. Uh, anyways, I wasn't there. I wasn't invited. Um, well, you were invited. You chose to do other things instead. <laughs> yeah, I was busy. Um, all Celebrating right. the birth of your child. We'll go ahead and say it. You're not a monster. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, I wasn't celebrating. I was, uh, I mean, we were in labor, I think was the thing. We were both, it was our nausea. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a good thing Tara stopped listening to us. Um, all right. Gilgalad says no. He's like, oh, it's too much power for like one person. Although I do think, I do feel like he's like, it's too much power to give to one person. They're like, we're going to give it to you. And he's like, oh, that's, that's maybe not the worst idea. You know, I'm coming, I'm circling back around on this powerful hula hoop. Um, and, but Gilglad's like, no, we don't have any time. Everyone's dying. Let's just give up. Let's leave. So I do feel like there's an option here where they just have to leave Middle Earth and go mm-hmm. to the Undying Lands. I don't yeah. feel like they're perishing together so mm-hmm. this also makes me think this issue is not real terrible like they go to the undying lands eventually anyways what's middle earth got 
got for him that they mm-hmm. don't have in Sweet Elf Heaven. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, I, I'd chop that tree down. I'd make it into a canoe, and I'd paddle myself to the Undying <laughs> Lands. That's what I'd do. Uh, oh, Kellen! This is where Kellen Brimbor reveals that all these ideas are Halbrand. <laughs> Gilgalad should just be like, so Kellen Brimbor, what do we need you for? If uh, if Halenbrand's the guy that's coming up with all these good ideas, maybe we should just make him the elf smithy of... And that would have made sense. Like, Sauron, now secretly, like, the elf smithy. Like, boom. Like, his plan worked. Yay. But you would have nope. been good if uh, Gilgalad says, uh, all right, give me your ears. Halenbrand <laughs> takes off his ears and puts them on Halenbrand. They're just, we discover they're just covers. Like, he just has normal person ears, but all elves wear these, like, pointed uh, uh, ear warmers. That would yep. be great. I'm with you. Uh, oh, this, and this is where Kellen Brimbor quotes Adar's, this will be a different kind of power, power over flesh of the unseen world. And the show does a really good job of letting us know that Gat- Galadriel's catching on to what's being said. This, uh, I mean, I don't know. You mentioned the lazy writing. Like, Galadriel even asked him after this, like, where did you hear that? And he's like, oh, I don't know. What am I? Smith said it. Or no, those are my words. Those are my words. Like, to be close in, like, the words and what you're trying to say, cool. Give uh, Galadriel a little bit of a nod. But, like, to say word for word, word what Adar said, like, I felt was just, I don't know. Like, they think the audience is just too dumb to understand yep. that, that connection. So they have to say it exactly. Um, it was kind of a bummer. And maybe we are. Maybe the reason I'm not getting this show is because I'm too dumb to get it. Maybe that's what it is, Tom. I don't know. I do, I do think they're doing, they're trying to do a thing here where like the rings of power like hold so much sway over Celebrimbor that mm-hmm. he kind of gets lost in the, because he does do a thing here where he's like, I don't know. I, I was, I, I was, maybe it was with my smithies. He's kind of going mm-hmm. through that like, you know, when, in the trilogy when someone's like reaching for the ring of power and then they like kind of come out of it it's almost like they're he's doing that here but it doesn't make sense because these rings should not be rings that have any type of like what is sauron's not making these sauron's not putting anything into these and he hasn't made the one ring yet so there's nothing like I think I think I what know. you can draw is like it's the I can deception. draw rings, Tom. <laughs> it's the deception of Sauron, right? Like maybe that's the the thing you can draw is like because I'm with you. This reminded me of like Bilbo, like the way he reacted to the ring after he kind of gave it up, wanted to see it one more time, or that kind of deal. So it's the fact that Halbrand is like whispering in his ears. It's that like evil or darkness that's kind of just rumbling around in there. But yeah, that's me giving it credit. Yeah. Elrond asks Gilgalad for more time. <laughs> Tom, please touch on this because I had this exact same thought. <laughs> well, yeah. So Elrond gives him the thing about like, oh, okay, here's the hope. Like these are the words that you just told me about. Like the the undying hope's, hope's never hope. meager, and yes. and hope is the thing we should hold on to. He gives that he gives that whole speech. Speaking of holding on to. What? <laughs> There's gonna be some spikes in that audio, but I, I love it. Oh, I'm sorry. Why is Kel- or why is Gilgalad here holding a comically large <laughs> sword so during the sequence? It's like a ceremonial sword that he has like two bodyguards in front of him, but he's just 
I don't know, like carrying it weirdly, like cradling it on his hip and it's towering above his head. It's a super cool sword. I'm excited to see him maybe use it at some point in the series, but man, it was not needed here. I thought it was one of those, there's that scene in, in, the, in the last alliance of elves and, um, elves and men, that battle where all the elves do that, like that. It's almost like a spear with a sword at the end mm-hmm. where they do that strike. I think it's one of those and that's oh, okay. why he's holding it in the way that he does. But I don't think he had it in the conversation earlier. So for him to then like leave that conversation, be walking to the hall, and one of his guards be like, "Hey, your highness, take your sword back. I'm tired of holding it." <laughs> and him being like, "Oh, I've got to cradle this." Like, is he expecting danger? I, I don't. I, I I I did not catch this on the first watch. On the second watch, I caught it, and I was like, "Why is he holding that? That's such a weird thing for him to be." He didn't know what to do with his hands. He did. He's just like, I don't, oh, I don't know what to do with my hands in the sequence. It's incredible. Incredible. There, I think we then cut to, you know, they give him a shot. And he's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Take your time to build your thing. There's more smithy work happening. Galadriel's suspicious. I think this is where she finally does the background check on Halbrand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really like the, the little bit of pushback she gets from the clerk. He's like, listen, we don't. <laughs> we don't keep books on those people. And she's like, what do you mean by those people? And he's like, yeah, the humans. Like, we don't. And she's like, just do your job. And he's like, fine, I'll go back there. And you know he went back there and you're like, I'm not going to find anything. I'm not even going to look. But surprisingly, he does. So I guess his attitude, he just showed a lot of toot, you know, when she was like, hey, go find me the book that yeah. tells me who Hal Brand is. And I feel like this guy has a single job. Like, he is, like, a librarian kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, I, I, why she didn't find this in the Numenorean uh, library or whatever, the Hall of Mysteries or wherever she went. Where did she go? The Maester's Tower. Yes, sure. Um, Agnon that only Maester. That only told her enough to continue the adventure, but not enough to let her know her Sauron, uh, Halbrand Sauron. But they do have, like, a throwaway line here where Kellen Brimbor is, like, he's, like walking. I, he's, like, doing a walk and talk. Um where he joked, I think it's with Elrond. And he yes, they says, got Sorkin to do this scene. <laughs> yeah, but he says like three weeks for labor that would take three centuries. I think that's a call and a nod to the book audience that knows like Anatar or, you know, Halbrand adjacent in the books as Sauron was actually there for 300 years helping like develop and create these rings, I think, with the elves. Again, could be completely wrong. It's what I read on the internet, but I thought that was kind of an interesting call. Um, and kind of a fun call because the show knows, and we know in the show, they have to condense a lot of this material. So it's kind of a, a nod to the audience that knows the book's material and says, hey, we understand we're pushing this through in three weeks when it actually takes three centuries. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got some research done on the internet and the internet's <laughs> never wrong. Nope. The internet probably would have told Galadriel very quickly who Halbrand really was. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's 
speaking of Halbrand, Halbrand and Gladriel have uh, a talk where they fall deeper and deeper in love. He tells her, thanks for saving my life. She's like, you saved mine. He's very tall. He puts his <laughs> hand on her shoulder. And we move on. We move on to the Greenwood, where the three weirdos are trying to wake the stranger, who we now know is most certainly Sauron. Um, he's got to go to the land of Ruhan? Rune? Ruhon. Ruhon. Use any one of those, Tom, in editing. Just make it sound good. What uh, What is this place? They kind of mentioned it's in like the Far East. Like, I don't know what the world is. We know where the West is, and that's kind of the Elf Paradise and the Nuenors and the Western Seas. But what is the Far East? Is that like the Easterlings that we saw? Where they were kind of like the men that helped fight with Sauron? Yeah, that was my understanding. It's okay. not a world we spend a lot of time in, but <laughs> to, to, to Tolkien's credit... Let's just know that the West is good and the East is bad. That's uh, that's all we need to know. He's painting with some broad strokes. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, I didn't even take time to... Uh, anything these three weirdos say, I, I, don't, I don't take any time to listen to. I gotta okay. be honest. Because they lied to me. They lied to me twice, so I don't trust them anymore. Yeah, they do a lot more talking than they did throughout the entire series in this sequence. Yeah, yes, they do. They call him Lord Sauron again. They really beat you over the head with it, and that's when you start to get suspicious. It's like it's like when your spouse tells you they love you too many times. You're like, I don't know. Now it just feels like now it feels like you're doing it too much. Anyways, I'm talking to a therapist about it. The stranger gets Not just all any therapist. Wind- Not just that? any therapist, Dalai Lama. <laughs> Dalai Lama. Oh, sorry. Buddhist. It's holiness. It's holiness. The Dalai Lama. Oh, man. Christopher Walken. I saw Christopher Walken last night. I was watching Man on Fire, which is a trip of a movie. Don't watch it if you have one of those seizure-inducing conditions because Tony Scott went off the rails. Anyways, speaking of going off the rails, the stranger gets all windy. They knock him out, which is kind of funny. Uh, and then the Harfoots come to rescue him. Why? I don't know. These three weirdos seem like they could eat Harfoots for breakfast. But uh, <laughs> if there's one thing we know about the Harfoots, Tom, they never leave anyone behind. They're so loyal. Unless you use bees, then they <laughs> laugh at you when you die. Uh, anyways, they cut the stranger free. But oh no. Shapeshifter. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. Uh, side note, Sadik gets stabbed, and a very confusing fight ensues. I gotta be honest, <laughs> like, sometimes you watch a fight and you understand where everyone is and what the stakes are. This fight, people were, like, popping up. People were leaving. People were coming back. <laughs> Magic was happening. I was like, okay, I don't really know what's happening here or what our goal is but they magic the stranger who starts burning everything is that well the happens? nomad lady or whatever starts burning everything oh, that's trying right. to take out all the harfoots yeah and then no nori kind of comes in i think she throws a rock or somebody stabs a foot or i don't know what happens but the main lady drops her staff and that's where kind of nori yanks it away to give you know 
this not Sauron all the magic powers because it's all in the staff. I don't know how staffs work. I'm not a staff doctor. Yeah, it doesn't feel like you have to be a wizard. You just have to hold the right instrument at the certain time. <laughs> and Nori's like, you're here to help. I can feel it in my foots. <laughs> and the stranger then turns all of these weird people into ghost butterflies. <laughs> and it turns out he's not Sauron. He's an Istar, which stands for wizard. My favorite... Listen, I cannot say this enough or too loudly. My favorite moment in this whole episode is when he is turning them into ghost butterflies. And he says, and I quote, I'm good. I'm good. What a line. What great writing. These people think we're all real dumb because that is a strange thing. I'm good. Like, <laughs> what? Like, oh, I don't know. I'll have what she's having. That's like something Hodor would say. You're like, <laughs> uh, and for him it would be profound. I don't, ah. Uh. Well, like, I'm with you too. Like, he hasn't had any words really, right? Like, Nori's been kind of teaching him English, and he was kind of like half saying, oh, I'm peril. So, yeah. I guess he gets his words when he gets the staff when they started talking to him or whatever. But I agree. Like, this line is just it's too cheesy for me. And it could have been just so so much better. You know what they should have done? He should have been like, I am a holder of the secret flame, a servant of the fire of Udor or whatever. And then he <laughs> should have like, that's what he should have done. Instead, he says, I'm good. And I think he does give a little flies. bit of that. <laughs> he does give a little bit of that more poetic speech, but to end it as like your main thing, saying I'm good, I'm, I'm with you. It's a bit goofy. And then he like, winked at the camera. <laughs> Ding. Um, I, I, again, I don't know if I even want to care or dive into this, but I do feel that it's interesting the way that they turned. Like he turned them into seemingly like ring wraith kings. Like I mean, one of them had like a crown on. They were all like kind of skeletal, looked really, really super neat. But I don't know, are we supposed to draw any conclusions to that? The fact that they turn them into like butterflies or moths, is that just because Gandalf has some relationship with moths that we've seen in the in the movies? Uh, I don't know. Maybe there's more significance. I, like, I love the idea of them bringing in this mystery, uh, or mis- these three mysterious characters. But the fact that they were all just a means to an end for this one sequence kind of seemed cheap to me. Okay, okay. I hated these three. I did not want them in the show. My answer to you is that the showrunners, I think, ran this show via email, and they were never on set, and they sent an email while they were high on cocaine that was just like, hey, when the stranger shouts, I'm good, which is probably the best line we've ever written, those three strangers should turn into glowing skeletons and then become butterflies ghost butterflies and then they hit send they did a bunch more cocaine (laughs) and they have just been spending all of the bezos money that they got that's exactly what i think happened okay i take (sighs) sadic which oh god i feel like forgive me i feel like (laughs) like sadic is a great character i love lenny henry I think I talked about my 
affinity to that actor and mm-hmm. chef and like I, I this should have been like profound this should have been heartbreaking but mm-hmm. it's just so cheap it feels like that they're mm-hmm. just like we're gonna kill him off um we're not even gonna have the decency to lie him down he's gonna have to die sitting which <laughs> you know he probably fell backward or slumped or something it wasn't People don't typically die peacefully. I'm just going to go out on a limb. But oh, he does the thing where he like kind of slowly closes his eyes and they pan away. He wants to see one more sunrise. But I mean, I would argue you've got this wizard guy that just seemingly came into his powers. I don't know. Maybe ask him if he can do some healing. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to go off trail. And the Harfoots are like, well, we don't have any kind of saying about nobody goes off trail or we're super loyal or we'll do everything to help him. So, okay, you go off and trail and die. Like, real loyal Harfoots. Anyway, Sadak dies. I'm sad because I actually wish that character stuck around. I don't. Yeah, he was I don't like that they killed him. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's not like, I'm okay. Like, I love when shows kill characters. I love when they have the guts to do it. But, like... Don't kill Sadik. Kill, mm-hmm. I don't know. Kill Malva. <laughs> kill Poppy. Kill kill Nori. I don't I mean Nori would have been devastating. Like I don't know. Anyways, we cut from there. The new Minorians are sailing. I think this is when we're in the hole and Ellen Deal and Muriel are having a conversation and she's like I don't know. This is just like screenwriter 101. She's like counting out steps, and he's like, "It's nine steps from blah 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 to blah blah blah." And I'm just like, "I don't." She expresses remorse for his loss. She's like, "Listen, if you want to take some time off, get with HR. We can get you on bereavement leave. You know, it's not going to be paid. Just so you know. Well, listen, the first week I could probably make that paid, but I don't know how much vacation days do you have built up. Anyways, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out." Um, anyways, they, Ellen Deal gives a speech about like, hey, my name doesn't just mean this. Like I made these choices to help the elves or to do this. My name doesn't. And so it's like, wait, so the whole reason he did all these things is because his name means elf friend. Like that's it. That's the conclusion we're, we're coming to. I don't know. Tom, Tom, pull me (laughs) pull me off the raft away from the sea creature. Make me make me feel something during this scene. Help me. No, no, the kraken, the kraken is gonna pull you overboard and eat you whole. But Ellen Deal here is he had this like heel turn last episode, right? Where he's like now hates Galadriel or hates all elves, I guess, or because he lost his son. Because yeah, so okay, but then he gives a speech here saying. I did all this because I like elves and, and all this and I, but I brought my family into it. I, I, I don't, I'm with you. I don't know what they're trying to, to say here or what they want us to kind of take away from it. But and I believe in the cause again, I think it's just kind of a, it's just not a fun way to end this character and like just to have him end the season in like such a low point And I don't know where he's going to go. And I loved the introduction of him and I loved how he kind of uh, played against Galadriel I'm just kind of bummed away the way they kind of turned with him. Yeah, I agree. There's this, uh, once again, they're like trying to have these profound Tolkien moments shine through. And they're like, the way of the faithful is paying the price, even though it's unknown and trusting that in the end it's worth it. And he's like, I would hope that in the end we make the price worth it. 
and I don't know. <laughs> this is a bit silly. I do appreciate the end of the sequence where like they're both down what in the below in the deck of the ship, and yeah. then like one of the deckhands says, "Captain Numenor's in sight," and I'm like, "Oh man, the queen's down there." That's kind of a jerk thing to say. <laughs> Too soon, man. <laughs> He's like, I- "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Captain." Uh, land is in sight for some of us, <laughs> not all of us. Sorry, your highness. We pull into port and we find out that the king's dead because all of the banners have been turned black. Seems like a waste of banners. Like, that is a lot of banners throughout the town on all these ships to be black. Like, maybe just like a ceremonial, like, torch would be lit up high. But I don't know. I digress. It does have a little scene of Farazon, um, kind of like, I don't know, the third in command, kind of lingering and plotting over his body, I guess. Um, I don't know what he's thinking, but again, I'm assuming he's going to be a bad guy in some form or fashion moving forward, right? I don't know. I don't. Uh, like, we got an episode or two of that guy with his hair, and then, uh, <laughs> I don't know. To your point, you made it like the political stuff in this show. I don't really care about, so they don't do it well enough to make me care. But I do like where you're going about this black cloth thing. So you think there's like one guy in town that is the black cloth merchant, and maybe Mm -hmm. he killed the king because business wasn't going well. Black is out of fashion. And so he's like, oh, in order to get all these black banners made, we need to kill the king because that's going to turn everything into black cloth. You heard it from here first, Tom. (laughs) Is all about someone killing someone so that black cloth becomes popular. Yeah, he's got one of those cool little like uh, seamstress badges that allows him <laughs> to only make all the black cloth. So, yep. Is, but he uh, didn't. He didn't earn it. He just stole it off another guy, and they were <laughs> like, "All right, you can be a seamstress." All right, we're back in Elf Town, which is part of M- NBC's fall lineup. Uh, <laughs> the Smith explodes. The smithy explodes. The the smith building explodes. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody's fine, but yeah, big old explosion. This made me think when they were doing this wide shot and showed like the explosion pop out, like dust flies out of the windows. Uh, where's the tower that the dwarves helped them build? That is, is that where it? we're at? I don't know. When this exploded, <laughs> I thought we were still in Numenor. I was like, ooh. I was like, oh, terrorist attack in Numenor. And then I was like, nope, Julian, you're a child of 9-11. You're thinking the wrong way. Um, like, I don't, I mean, they were doing it for something else, right? Like, when when Kellen Brimbor meets Hallbrand, he meets him in, like, his workshop. And, like, Kellen Brimbor even says that, oh, you're in the workshop of, of Kellen Brimbor. So did the dwarves just build a workshop for him? Did the dwarves build some tower that now doesn't really mean anything because they can't mine all of this mithril? Like, I felt like that was such a big plot point of a building a tower, and they don't make it obvious that this is its purpose right now. Well, they were trying to build a tower in order to have a smithy that could burn hot enough to, I don't know, in his words, fuse heaven and earth, which I'm going to talk about here in a second, whether or not those two places exist. But I think this is the tower they built, and I think the point of building the tower is that it would have a smithy in it that would be able to have a furnace so hot but to your point no like none of that is that makes sense because all they do is pop like one little bit of mithril into already burning elf material that they've burned before 
right? Like in making the dagger. So Tom, I don't, again, I was I, bummed about that. I don't think that was elf material. I don't think. The dagger? Elf, elf material. They do that stuff in secret. They're pretty pop. Um, they're pretty mm. proper person. I don't think okay. they're. <laughs> Anyways. This is where we have Kellen Brimbor. Like, he's like, oh, we've done this wrong. We. Uh, we're, we've tried it so many times. And once again, is Kellen Brimbor good at his job? I don't think he is. I think he's no. bad at his job. Agreed. Because several people died when this smithy exploded. <laughs> I guarantee. Um, there's a lot of uh, talk about like harnessing the seen and unseen world. Uh, and then he says something like, uh, we, we used enough pressure to fuse heaven and earth. And I was kind of like, is there a heaven in this world? Because something that I find like interesting, like if you're going to build a world, when you use expressions, they mm-hmm. should apply to said world. So like in this place where elves go to an undying land, uh, like there's unseen and like, I don't know. I, I found it weird that he's like, oh, we to fuse heaven and earth. And maybe he didn't even say that. That's what I heard. I don't know. No, he does. But he does for sure. I was like I was like it's a little bit weird to like like say you wrote a period piece and you were like uh LOL man and you pulled out your six shooter, you'd be like I don't like it doesn't really make sense. Maybe that's a bad example. But when he said this, I was like is there a heaven in Tolkien's uh in well, this is world? there an earth? Like the the world is called a uh middle what is earth. It? Well, no, but like, doesn't it have like a name? It's like Adar, not Adar, something similar-ish to that. Well, they use the term Middle Earth, but then he should just be like, "Aren't we fused? We used enough pressure to fuse top, middle, and bottom Earth together." <laughs> that would make more sense to me. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. I'll get off of it. Fruit rolls strangely in this world. <laughs> Halbrand, once again, Halbrand is like, "Listen, Kilabrimbor." I don't know, Tom. You're a smart guy, so you've probably been in a situation like this, like at work or something, where you're, we'll just say like someone who's leading a project or someone that's in charge of you clearly doesn't have it, and you're not in a situation where you can be like, hey, dummy, let's do this. (laughs) So you've got to like subtly like to not offend them, be like, hey, I was just thinking you said this, which is a really good idea. What if we... Try not to force it together, but we try and make Mithril buy gold and silver at dinner, and then gold and <laughs> silver takes Mithril back to their place, and they, you know, kind of get together naturally, you know? Um, Halbrand, make Hal- give Halbrand Celebrimbor's job. That's, mm-hmm. I put that poster outside my house. None of my neighbors know what it means because I live in a place where no one's watching the show. Um, but, Give Halbrand Kellen Brimbor's job. That's my that's my current. <laughs> yeah, situation. I mean, this just continues to push to me the the rushed nature of these sequences, where they're trying to take three centuries worth of them working on creating or or him manipulating Kellen Brimbor to make these rings, and like even the way it's realized, like Kellen Brimbor immediately makes a realization and then like starts laughing about it, like, oh, what if we did this? It's like it it was just comical like the way this was presented yeah because halbrand isn't like hey we should do this he's like oh we should take this and this and we should 
he's just like he makes this like vague suggestion and mm-hmm. Kellen Brimbo is like oh I never thought of it that way oh that's oh why didn't I why didn't I think of that what I think is even funnier is I think after the explosion they like like Kellen Brimbo's all upset and Gladry was like whoa 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 guys maybe we take maybe we take the rest of the day off you know let's <laughs> let's take some time and everyone's like listen we're all gonna die in like a week what do you mean take the day off I don't know. It's all this. Oh, oof, oof, oof. Ah, I feel good. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four. It's calm, smooth breathing. Smooth. What was the lasso? Four, seven, eight breathing technique. Let's try that. Roy Kent. Roy Kent. Roy Kent is your spirit animal, Julian. Roy Kent is your spirit. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We go from there to Galadriel and Halbrand. Mm-hmm. Galadriel's, I think this is where she's got the, the Wikipedia scroll of Halbrand's yep. <laughs> lineage. The guy from the library was finally like, well, I got to give her something, so I'll give her the <laughs> scroll. And Halbrand comes in, he's like, hey, great news, uh, Big G. We're not making one thing. It's too hard to make one thing. We're going to make two things oh by the way they're gonna be smaller than crowns like necklaces bracelets anklets swords scepters <laughs> boats <A> gong <laughs> hula hoops this is what like, i i hated this because <laughs> we, we know it's a ring like stop playing with us <laughs> and asking us what it's not gonna be because we all know it's a ring just say hey we decided it's gonna be three rings or two <laughs> rings like come on <laughs> it's like they're playing charades <laughs> no one is guessing rings but all the clues point towards rings and it's just like you're doing that thing where you give the same clue over and over again but you're just so frustrated you're just like listen no and you you're just drawing in the pictionary circle. the circle circles. and you're just like tapping the board and you're like, no, give us another clue. And it's like, it's a ring. This is the only clue I can give you. Oh. Turns out there's no line of the people of, or the heir of the Southlands died thousands of years ago. And Halbrand's like, listen, I, I, I told you this. I was like, I, I told you. I found this on a dead man. I didn't want to come here. I wanted to be a Numenor. You brought me here. Like, I didn't want to be here. And then she's like, what's your name? And he, I mean, it's, I will say this, like, when he gives that speech, when he does the turn, mm-hmm. like, that stuff's all cool. Once again, I never for one moment in the show have I ever really been bothered by the acting, other than Isildur. But everyone else, maybe Valandir, everyone else doing, doing a great job. Antonimo, not a great dead guy, but everyone else <laughs> doing a great job. Um, this moment, 
was great. And then we go into her mind? Mm. Yeah, we do like a dream sequence here. Like he does the cool grab as she's trying to like stab him in the face. And he manipulates her and like pretends to be Finrod, her brother, pretends to be him back on the boat. Like, I don't know how this works. And then she eventually just wakes up in the puddle. (laughs) He's just walking away while she's in her fever dream. Yeah, how long is she in this that he's like, no one searches for him? She's just, he's just gone. Mm -hmm. Galadriel at no point's like, hey, he's a bad guy. Let's go find him. She's just like, oh, I'm soaking wet. Well, but she can't, right? That's the end of the sequence. She like, Sauron makes a point or Halbrand, we'll just call him Sauron for now. He makes the point where you can't tell everybody who I am because then they're going to think worse of you and how I manipulated you and blah, blah, blah. Because she doesn't tell Elrond when she wakes up. So... I would argue that makes Galadriel a bad character. Because, like, if you have been searching your whole life for Sauron and you don't go after him in this moment because you're embarrassed, like, (laughs) your last dying moment should be, hey, grab the guards, grab everyone, give me a sword, I don't care about your rings anymore, Sauron is here, and as far as I can know, he doesn't fly, so he (laughs) is within a foot race away. How long was I in that puddle? 20 minutes? Okay. How? I mean, he's tall. How far can he (laughs) go? Let's go get... Like, I would Mm -hmm. argue this is, like, her worst moment because she doesn't tell anyone Mm -hmm. when... And we're skipping over a lot of things. So, like... Sauron pretends to be Finrod. He has that conversation. I would argue her brother is a little bit creepier than Halbrand. Um, <laughs> I, I don't trust him. I know he's dead. I don't trust him. Um, tries to like convince her that Sauron's there in order to heal Middle-earth. She should let the work proceed. She sees through it. Then they're on the raft. Um, Halbrand is like, I'm free of Morgoth now. You and me can be... In love, making babies, I don't know. Um, you said we could be forgiven, our our past doesn't matter. And like this this was all cool. I was a little bit confused just like where we were in the world. Like I guess he had the power to go into her mind and put mm-hmm. her to sleep, whatever. They scream at each other and then she's underwater and then she's back and I just like Tell everyone he's Sauron. Go after him. Don't, <laughs> like, this is not the moment. Yeah, to, to be prideful and hold yeah, this back, I, I, right? That, this is, like, the biggest, like, I love Galadriel as a character in the show. She is probably, like, like her scenes are the ones I want to be in. But I did not, I, I, I feel like this is, a, as, like, a hero character, this goes against if everything we've seen from her is like pursuit of Sauron to the point where her own people are like, Hey dude, you got to calm down. Like we'll get Mm -hmm. Osama eventually. You don't, you know, (laughs) you can sleep a little bit, but in this moment she's like, Oh, I don't want to be embarrassed that I brought him here. Mm -hmm. But like, because the other thing is like, what has he done? He hasn't done anything. He's just been here. Like he didn't, what is she embarrassed about? I, I, yeah, he has not done the, anything. Mm-hmm. He has not done anything in this region that is so terrible, right? Because no, you're he right. He hasn't done anything. Yeah, he's just like manipulating and like to feel like 
oh, I'm embarrassed that I was manipulated kind of a deal. Like, it doesn't make sense. And I feel like the only saving grace for this would be her knowledge of these rings being able to be used to take on Sauron. Like, maybe you can justify it by saying she needs to see these rings being made all the way through so that she can then use them to destroy Sauron. But we don't understand what these rings are for other than to save Elfdom, I guess. Um, they do have an interesting back and forth, which I liked. I like the idea of like um, Sauron kind of presenting himself as like a suitor almost and saying like, you can be my queen, you can balance me. They do that really cool shot where it kind of does a reflection on the water and you can kind of see her in like a, you know, right. more like kind of queen outfit and then him with his, uh, you know, very iconic uh, helm. Um, a lot of that is really neat and they even like um, poke fun about that whole idea like listen you said i can be forgiven like <laughs> they gave the line rid yourself of it almost right um so it, it just kind of like takes all of that stuff that gladriel said and just kind of flips it upside down so i like how they visually flipped it upside down to kind of too so there's some neat stuff going on here but i'm with you like i don't understand enough about the purpose of these rings and what it's really supposed to do for Galadriel's turn here to make sense. Because if I'm Galadriel and you know this guy's Sauron and you know this is the guy that's been whispering into Celebrimbor's ear for the past three weeks or what would have actually been three centuries, why would you want to continue to build this? Wouldn't you assume that he has ulterior motives? Like he is the epitome of evil. Right. Okay, so like per the lore, he is there in disguise and they create all the rings. They create the rings for the dwarves, the men the elves he then creates the one ring in secret in order to control all those because he's Mm -hmm. done something and so these three elven rings are like purposefully not used when he has the one ring because they know he has control like Mm -hmm. the elves know that but in this show they take that away because he had I, I don't know he he like he hasn't imbued these with um evil or or whatever he can do to control them because she says oh these these rings need to be only for elves like mm-hmm. we've got a so i, I just i, I thought I'm they okay. were going to do oh sorry to interrupt i was going to say i thought they were going to do something with his little pouch or something like cuz he had the pouch that had the little emblem of the king of the southlands or something i thought that was going to be like evil dust or something like that that he was going to put into a vial so you can say like that's him imbuing his evil physically into these rings yeah like a scene where he is doing something so that you know okay he has some sort of part of these Mm -hmm. rings maybe they do it in season two it's like a cut scene we don't see Uh, i don't know all i know is like we're like supposed to be like, oh, he's such like he's such a deceiver that he made his way into the ranks of like, but what did he accomplish by being there? Like, mm-hmm. what? He's done nothing. He's <laughs> like, oh, and, and like he's so smug when he's walking into Mordor. It's kind of like, what are you so <laughs> smug about? You didn't do anything, and I don't know. I, I just, yeah. And either she needs to tell them he's sour. Like, when does that conversation come up? Hey, remember a couple weeks ago when Halbrand left suddenly? Ooh, guess what? Found out he's Sauron. Well, she uh, tells El- like Elrond like in this next sequence, right? Like she wakes up in the water, tells Elrond, so it's just like, hey, Halbrand's Hal- gone, but you know, rid yourself of this memory because like I just need you to trust me. I can't tell you why, but don't trust this guy. Don't do whatever. Yeah, she's um, like, don't. We're not going to treat with Halbrand anymore. 
And then he like presses further and she's like, remember when we peaky swore we wouldn't like talk about such things? And he's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I well, don't and know. then her realization is coming into the room and saying, I've got it. After this big Sauron reveal, we need to make three. And that's her justification because one can be corrupted, two can pin against each other, but there's balance in three. I thought that was okay, like, okay, fine. Like, that's an interesting enough idea. I don't know if it's from the books or anything else. And, and then this is where Calibrimor says, like, oh, the magic metal we need is this dagger that's fused from, yeah, we need I don't know, the Valinor, the Valinor. Valinor yeah. gold and silver in order to make it the purest. Like, yeah. I it's would totally argue... Valerian from Game of Thrones, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, it's the same concept. Sure, sure, sure. Tolkien stole it from Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, what I would argue is this almost makes it seem like Galadriel wants a ring so bad that she's like, oh, if I tell him he was Sauron, they're not going to give me a ring. But if I suggest getting a ring right now, maybe I'll get it once they give it to me, then I'll tell them. Like, it does not look good for Galadriel in this in this moment. Do you know who gets the ranks? Is it Galadriel, Gilgalad, and who's the third? Is it Elrond? Uh, no, it was another guy's name, but eventually it gets passed from... Um, eventually Gandalf has one of the Elvish rings. So oh, okay. Gandalf has one, Galadriel has one, and then eventually Elrond has one. Okay. So I think in, in the trilogy, those three have them. But they don't, like... They're not supposed to be using them because... Well, no, I guess they can use them as long as the ring is not in the hands of um, Sauron. I have to ask, you say use them. What does use them mean? All three of them have different um, have different imbued abilities. Uh, from what so it's I like understand... Captain Planet? Like, yeah, Earth, it's kind of like Captain fire. Planet. It's like fire, water, and then I don't remember what the third one was, but like the one that Gandalf has helps with like prolonged life he's like more immune to being corrupted those sorts of things the other one i think elrond helps with healing so that's why he's like the healer um but i think if like sauron was in possession of the ring then they would not wear them because Mm -hmm. he could then control Mm -hmm. whoever wears them so that's how i understand it Speaking of understanding, we go to the grove where the stranger is like, Istar, Istar means wizard. He's talking like a champ now, so whatever he learned um, speaks great English. What's so disappointing is this actor sounds great, and like <laughs> he's really good at like the speaking lines. Like As a younger Gandalf, like mm-hmm. I'm super excited for that character, and I'm like, really, we wasted this guy on being like a mute that didn't talk for eight episodes because everything he said in this, like I, other than when he was like, I'm good, uh, Mm -hmm. everything else I really enjoyed. So Mm. I am looking forward to, not that I'm going to watch this show ever again, (laughs) but I am looking forward to that actor playing that role because I I did enjoy him. Mm -hmm. Um, Nori and the stranger are going to go on an adventure together. Poppy because she knows how to turn a map upside down or right side up, <laughs> is going to become the trail finder. The family banishes Nori. They're like, hey, you're too dangerous. Go on your adventure. <laughs> but they disguise it as like, a, hey, we're really proud of you. You deserve to be out there in the big world. Good luck. Don't bring trouble towards us. We have this father and daughter moment. 
they do a dumb handshake. I'm like, <laughs> we haven't seen this. Have we seen this in any other episode? Not that I'm no. aware of. No, dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. I hate when shows do stuff like this. We're like, oh. oh. <laughs> I hope it wasn't the two actors were like, hey, listen. We came up with something we'd like to try when we shoot the scene this time. And the director was like, listen, I'm strung out on cocaine and I'm just answering emails from the showrunners. So you guys do whatever you want to do. Anyways, I hated it. Uh, The mother, uh, this is also something that I absolutely love. The mother says, go find where the river runs and where the sparrows sing their songs. What does that mean? (laughs) What does that mean? Someone tell me what that means. Dumb. Nobody nobody can. I think the mom at the end, too, she says, like, uh, Nori's like, okay, don't worry, I'll be careful. And she's like, don't be careful. Be bold. And then, of course, I just had, I heard you in my ear saying, is bold the right word? Bold? Bold? (laughs) Michael's a bold guy. Is bold bold the right word? Yeah. Uh, We get this poppy... We get the I, I they do they don't give us enough to care like they do not give us enough to care but what they're trying to do is like these cheap emotional ploys in order to get you to care so we get like Poppy's initial like oh good luck did you pack this uh? and then she goes off and you're like oh poor Nori didn't get a goodbye with her friend and then uh, she chases him down to hug him and mm-hmm. I, I just yeah i don't know I don't like know. I, i've seen enough like stuff on the internet where there's people that love this stuff and they love nori they love the harfoot storyline and like i can understand enjoying these and getting emotionally involved but like we just talked about with static i think they did him wrong um he was, he was a cool character that they just i don't know the way they dispatched of him was not 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 a good way of doing it the way they kind of do these little buh-byes. like it's also surprised me too. Like I would have assumed they would have kept them together to kind of right. keep the whole Frodo and Sam kind of relationship. Right. But Send um, Poppy I, I'm on with the you. I agree. <laughs> yeah, none, none of this really hit me. Like uh, I'm, I'm watching other shows right now. I'm actually watching that um, for all mankind, and there's like a the end of the first season gets very emotional, and like I was literally emotional. Like I was watching the scenes and like feeling for the characters because they did that groundwork to to lay that. So I, I felt the emotion of the scenes and, and I just didn't get that here. And I don't know if that's too many characters, if it was some of the cheesy writing that just took me out of it. Um, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't getting it here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like you, you're watching for all mankind. I just watched national treasure that <laughs> moment when Nick cage doesn't find the treasure but John Voigt tells him he's still proud of him. That, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, my dad once told me he was proud of me in a restaurant right as the waitress showed up, and I was like blubbering. She's like, "Did you want to order?" And I was like, "I." Uh, uh. Anyways, we do get kind of a fun line where the stranger's like. You always follow your nose. And we get that call back to the mines mm. of Moria where Meridoc and Gandalf's trying to find the right way. And he's like, the air is less, I don't know, damp or <laughs> gross this way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I like how they did that fun. because it, 
it gives us that Gandalf confirmation because they they still tiptoed around it and said he was Ishtar, said he was a wizard, like maybe it could be somebody else. But this is a clear nod to the people that know the series that, okay, cool, this is Gandalf. And if yep. it's not Gandalf and they try to like retcon that, like, man, that'd be rough. When he's like, call me Saruman. <laughs> yeah. All the, those, those, uh, those, Trio of bad guys just had the wrong vowels. They were just like, oh, we don't mean Sauron. We mean Sauron. All right, let's go back to the Emmy-nominated Elf Town, where we have some really cool forging visuals. Listen, if this was a show about making, I don't know, jewelry or gold stuff... I would be all in on it. They do a great job. But that's not why I watched, I don't know, 10 hours of this show. Um, They drop the mithril into the silver and gold that's melted. (laughs) And it looks like the Eye of Sauron, which was pretty cool. Um, (laughs) I like that scene. That was cool. They uh, are forming these rings while Detective Elrond is in the... He's on the riverside... Like mm-hmm. searching, he's like, he, he's on the riverbank, and there's all these reeds, and he's like, try, I guess he's trying to figure out like what Galadriel was doing, um, down there, and he like moves to this one spot, and he like kneels down, and he and he there's like a there's like a a piece of like a cow patty, and he picks it up, oh, and he, <laughs> and he and he like I think he like tastes it or he smells it, and someone's like. He's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, there's a herd over there. And he's like, you can tell that from the... And he's like, no, 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 but I can see it. Which reminds me of a scene, Tom, from a uh-huh. show. I don't know. Have you ever seen the movie? It was uh, Chris Farley's last movie. It's called Almost Heroes. Are Wagon's you familiar? Oh. <laughs> this will never get old. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, so Elrond finds the scroll about Halbrand, and then we see the three elvish rings. They look beautiful. QVC, if QVC hasn't made (laughs) versions of this and isn't selling it to um, whoever sits at home and watches QVC all day, they're making a big mistake. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to Halbrand walking into Mordor. Yeah. And this is where, yeah, this totally reminded me of the Boromir meme where he's just, he's got his nice evil cloak on. They do a really cool, like, close-up on his eyes where it's kind of like you can see Mount Doom in the reflection of his mm-hmm. eyes and even almost kind of like the little slit for the eye of Sauron, which is neat. Um, desperately need some eye drops, though. Um, but, yeah, it reminds me of the Boromir meme where he's just like, one does not simply walk into Mordor. And you can find, you know, X amount of, you know, replacements. One does not simply dot, dot, dot. So you can make your own. Yeah. No. Okay. So this show ends and this show ends and it's a sweet mercy that it ended. Here's where I'm at. Like, and we talked about this at the beginning is like, I felt like the, the whole show was like, Oh, who's Sauron? Who's Sauron? We really want the audience to care about who's Sauron. Okay. It was Halbrand. A lot of people thought that was going to be who Sauron was. Mm -hmm. Sure. There were some Mr. X, whatever. Um, they laid it on really thick where they yelled at us and told us the stranger was Sauron multiple times in this episode. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, whatever. When I got to the end of this, I was like, okay, so cool. Halbrand tricked everyone. He was Saur- Sauron. He's now walking into Mount Doom. 
what did he accomplish? Like, what is he, what is he leaving, having spent time with them, what is he leaving there with that he, like, that makes the deception worth it? Like, he doesn't have any mithril, right? And mithril is obviously what this show has decided is the power of the rings or, like, mm-hmm. what gives them their, uh, to your point, he didn't sprinkle any like dark magic dust into the ring. So we, mm-hmm. we haven't seen that. I I just don't know. Like he killed some orcs. He crippled a horse. He <laughs> uh, like, what did, what did he accomplish? I feel like, cause you had mentioned like the, in the lore, the Elvish rings are what the last to be made, right? Like, um, I don't know in what order they're made, but I do know, like, all... Do the math for me, Tom. Nine, seven, seven and and three. three. What Mm -hmm. is that? Nineteen? Three hundred and something. Yeah, I don't know. No, that's that's nineteen. So the (laughs) nineteen rings are all made, like, in conjunction or together. Mm -hmm. And then he secretly makes the one. Yeah, Ghost Mount Dew makes the other one. But, like, I don't know. You could argue... He's he's done his deception to create some rings. I don't I don't know exactly what they're gonna do with the the other ones. If like each season is now gonna be like okay, next season he's gonna make the seven dwarven rings and they're gonna follow more of Prince Durin's story. I also was kind of bummed and and I don't think they could have fit it because there was too much going on that we didn't get any more of Prince Durin. Like we don't know that just ended there with him hating his father and we know Mithril's kind of in those minds. Like I love that storyline, but it didn't seem to really go anywhere either. Nope. Um, nope. And then Durin, maybe... Durin has been kicked out. He doesn't <laughs> live in the mines. He strings a lute uh, on the side of the road <laughs> with Disa and their kids, and they're just trying to make a living as a troubadour. That's what he's doing right now. That's <laughs> there you go. That's the story I've made up in my mind. But I mean, we didn't have any other like you know powerful human characters outside of I guess the Numenorians. So when they're going to eventually leave and we get a Sildor, are they going to use another season to create the nine, you know, rings of power for men? Like I, I don't I don't know. But you could say you know the assumption is that Sauron was behind the creation of Mount Doom and Mordor, right? Like he was the one that constructed Adar to create all these you know pits and holes and turn the key that was you know told us that it was a key was he involved in that or you don't think he was involved at all with that that deal no no adar seems to hate sauron thought he killed him and when they meet they don't adar does not recognize him so i don't feel like adar is serving sauron maybe Sauron tricked Adar into that and and he That's my impression is like there was a and that's why I think they tried to lay the groundwork with like the changing of bodies and shape shifting. So I feel like Adar thought he killed Sauron, like a version of Sauron, and now he changed into Hallbrand. So Hallbrand knows who Adar is, but Adar has no idea who Hallbrand was. Tom and he manipulated him into doing that. Tom, I love you. I really do. <laughs> you are giving a show so much credit. For a show that had the stranger look into the camera and say, I'm good, <laughs> we are supposed to make the assumption that Adar, who earnestly said, I killed Sauron because he was too fundamentalist and was killing my children, the orcs, we are supposed to assume he was manipulated by Halbrand Sauron and like that was part of his plan. And we also are supposed to assume that... He, Halbrand Sauron, 
has some sort of like imbued like power over these three elvish rings because he was there. Both of those things I feel like could have been done for a show that has like like beats us over the head with the obvious. Like two scenes. One, to your point, have Halbrand pouring some sort of weird black thing mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the molten metal. Boom. Okay, we know he's got some sort of and then the other is have him and Adar either have a conversation or give us some sort of hint that he is a part of that plan, but they don't do that. So mm. I'm not giving this show any more credit than it <laughs> deserves. That's that's where I'm at. And I, yeah, pre- I just but feel... I appreciate you giving them that. <laughs> I feel like they've done enough with like some of the groundwork where you could go back and retcon some of it. Not retcon, like they know what they're going to try to do with the Adar storyline and, and the idea of them already knowing they want to do like five seasons and another trilogy, who knows what they're going to exactly do, but they they know they, they have a rough idea of where they're going with it. So my assumption is that there's, there's going to be more betrayal and there's more stuff that you can go back to season one and be able to latch onto for, for the future. And I do think there's more to that. Adar uh, Sauron relationship that we'll we'll see in the future. You think in season two, episode one, Friends Forever, that's the title of the episode, <laughs> Halbrand's gonna walk into, I don't know, the lobby of Mount Doom. Adar's gonna be sitting there, they're gonna he's gonna stand up, they're gonna stare at each other, and Adar's gonna be like you son of a... And then they're going to do that like high five and the camera's going to zoom in on both of their biceps as we realize that they've been best of friends this whole time. Maybe, maybe, man. Like I, I, like I said, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, but I feel like there's more to, more like to be done with said, those Tom, characters. I don't know. We've said, I don't know. That is There's our... a lot I don't know, but I don't think I have the, the hatred for this series quite as much as... <laughs> You've 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 certainly hinted at it as we've gone further through the season. But this one, you're certainly not holding anything back, which I love and appreciate about you. But I had enough fun with it. I we've already said it multiple times, like why I think we enjoyed parts of the show, and and I'll I'll definitely continue to be a a fan and watch. Well, I appreciate your optimism. You are. The Samwise to <laughs> me being Frodo, and if I was Frodo, I would have just tossed myself onto the ground. Oh, you're Gollum, man. And, you're Gollum in the sequence. <laughs> <laughs> if I was Frodo, I would have given Gollum the ring. And This is you right said, here. This is you getting ready to watch each one of these episodes and then watching it again to have to do, um, uh, you know, rewatch and take notes about the pod. This is you with your fingers going, my precious time. It's being wasted. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Time is one of those things. Can't get back. So rings of power. Thank you for taking not only the time to watch it twice, but also the time to pot about it. And when I'm on my deathbed and my children ask me about my regrets, I'm sure this won't be one of them. I'm going to play all nine hours, eight hours of this podcast at your funeral. That's fine. Just play bagpipes uh, in the background so people can be really annoyed. Anyways, thanks to all of you that have joined us. We do appreciate the Twitter interaction. That's been fun. Um, I want to go on record by saying that Tom's haircut is not dumb. Seth, 
It's not dumb. He's a beautiful man. How dare you? <laughs> Um, Listen, me and Seth having some fun. I appreciate it. And uh, Emily, Connie, who've also uh, been kind of interacting with us. Uh, again, really, really appreciate it. It's always, it's always fun to, to have you guys enjoy the show with us. And, and let us know. Like, we, we've certainly had opinions about this show, but we'd love to hear where you guys fell. Um, did you, do you think our criticisms are harsh? Did you love every moment of it? Did the Harfoot storylines really get to you? Um, I'd be very interested to know what our, our audience thinks. No, always. And you can hit us up at Team Binge. Uh, once again, there's a secret in- Instagram that Tom won't let me know where it is or <laughs> how I can use it to snoop on people. Uh, you can email us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. Would love to hear, hear from Barrett. I don't even know if Barrett followed us on this journey, but... <laughs> We have enjoyed the time talking about it. I will take any excuse to spend some time to talk to Tom. Uh, Oh, I mentioned, I don't think you're supposed to read the reviews of your own show, but one of the reviews was like, these guys seem like they're actually friends. (laughs) Which I thought was the funniest thing. (laughs) Because, yeah, we are friends. Anyways, um, we don't know what we're going to... What's that? We're doing a great job deceiving. I am the Sauron of this relationship. You are the Sauron of this relationship, (laughs) and I am the Galadriel. (laughs) All right. Well, we've enjoyed it. Thank you for following us on this journey. We'll come up with something now that this is done, and Ted Lasso Season 3 seems to be on the distant horizon. (laughs) But... If you want to reach out to us, we'd love suggestions. We enjoy comments and questions. We debated doing a trivia episode on this when it's all done. If you think that is something that should occur, by all means, let us know. Go on the internet, type in Rings of Power Trivia. Go ahead and answer some questions. (laughs) Have a great time. I'm of the opinion that I don't want to spend one more minute thinking about this show. Um, but I have been wrong before. So speaking of being wrong, I have been Julian. And I have been to, well, before we officially sign off, do you want to give a media that you are enjoying? I feel like there was a lot of, of, of not hatred. I'm not going to go that far, but there's a lot of poo-pooing on this series and this show. What else are you listening to, watching, enjoying? What else would you like to share to our audience? Sure. Do you have uh, something? I can go first. I can give you some time. No, 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 Tom. I don't. I, I'm a professional podcaster. I don't need time. <laughs> I would like to recommend National Treasure, starting starring Nick Cage. I watched this with my two children, who are both under the age of ten. They, when I suggested it to them, did not seem thrilled in any way, shape, or form. I would say within ten minutes. Uh, One of them was like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Uh, His quote was, must see movie. And so I would recommend if you haven't, which I had never seen it before. I knew it was a thing. Um, But it's just, it's a Jerry Bruckheimer. It's Nick Cage. It's Sean Bean. It's a good time. If you want to watch like a family movie, it's super clean. And it's fun because it's American history and... I've got a, two kids that are into that stuff that enjoy it. So I had a romping good time watching <laughs> National Treasure. That's so great. I can't time. believe you did not watch it. It was one of those things that was just like any time during the afternoon. It was always on TNT USA, one of these 
uh, channel. So I'm surprised that you waited this long to get to it. But I'm glad. I'm glad you had the adventure. I was watching Burn Notice, man. I was watching Burn <laughs> Notice and Leverage. Maybe a little. I don't know. Soups? Name one other TNT show. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Um, but uh, nice, good recommendation. And hey, man, you've got another one. I think there's like a, a sequel, Book of Secrets, maybe. So you can you can join that adventure next week with your your family as well. Um, I'm in for I, it. I would have to recommend. Speaking of uh, movies we've watched with children, I have a young child which we watched, and I had never seen these before. Were the Paddington movies? Mm. Uh, just wholesome fun. A lot of fun actors. Uh, the idea of you know the Paddington books of this you know live talking bear. They spend all of two seconds explaining why a bear can talk and why everybody just doesn't care. It's fantastic, <laughs> um, but just a lot of fun and wholesome uh, movies that um, I would watch again and again with my little one. Isn't he's from like the dark forest of Peru or something yes. like that? Is uh-huh. that what it is? And then journeys to London, and then you know, um, comedy ensues in, in both movies. I you think have the first first movie you have. Um, oh, I'm clicking a blank on her name. The second movie is Hugh Grant plays the bad guy, and then the first movie it is... It's Nicole Kidman, isn't it? Nicole Kidman, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Both very fantastic. And I believe the dad is the is Hugh from Downton Abbey, I believe, is yes, who plays so. the mm-hmm. father in it. I think we All watched great. the first one. Yeah, they're charming. And Paddington, I believe, is just like a force of goodness in the world, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. He's so. the Ted Lasso before Ted Lasso. He is the Ted Lasso. I um, appreciate that about Paddington. Well, you have spent time with us for four hours. We appreciate every moment. (laughs) And I tried to sign off once. Tom, can I sign off now? Is that okay? Uh, Yes. Rid yourself of it. Rid yourself of the show, Julian. I'm going to rid myself of this show. (laughs) (sighs) Once again, enjoyable to watch. Actors and actresses, great. Writing, not great. I have been Julian. (laughs) And I have been Tom. Fare thee well, everybody.